This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Much of the world relies on American technology, from Intel chips and Microsoft coding to Apple phones and the Amazon cloud. And the U.S. economy has reaped the rewards of all that business. But tech experts say more sanctions against Russia could push overseas companies to do business elsewhere. Meanwhile, with every passing day, Russia becomes more isolated from the rest of the world, in real life and online. Here to discuss is Craig Timberg, a national reporter covering technology for The Washington Post. Welcome back, Craig. Thanks for having me back on. How much does Russia in particular rely on American tech and and, and social media? I mean, the the government and consumer parts of Russia overwhelmingly do. I think there's reason to believe that, you know, the missile systems and and very... um, Sophisticated military stuff generally probably is made in-house in some ways. But, yeah, basically they use the same things we use in their ordinary lives, Microsoft computers and Apple phones and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and all sorts of other things that are that we're very, that are very familiar to us. Well, remind us, Craig, of steps that U.S. tech companies have taken so far. So some are pulling out of Russia, right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like almost everyone is pulling out of Russia. Uh, Amazon just announced that it wasn't that it was going to stop taking new clients. Craig, you there? We might have to reconnect with Craig Timberg, who's a national reporter covering technology for The Washington Post. We are discussing tech companies here in the U.S. and the impact that all of these uh, sanctions against Russia could have on business. Could it push overseas companies to do business elsewhere? That is what we're discussing uh, at this time. A reminder that once this segment is over, if you do miss it, you can always catch our segments online. We post everything each day on wbez.org slash reset. We also have a great podcast that we put out each day. No more than 20 minutes of your time. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. I think Craig might be back with us. Hey, Craig, you there? Apparently the Russians are now attacking my phone. <laughs> you're back. All right. I hope yes, you're here to I stay. I am back. You yes. didn't see my iPhone. Uh, <laughs> so we were talking about um, companies, U.S. tech companies, having pulled out of Russia. Yeah. I mean, everyone you can think of has either pulled out or the Russian government has cut them off. Um, so, yeah, yeah the, the, I mean, that doesn't mean that things like, you know, computers and, you know, microchips suddenly disappear, but things that are software-based, U.S. support and sales have have almost totally stopped. So at this point, some are calling the Internet in Russia a so-called splinternet, right? Because it's increasingly cut off from the rest of the world. So can you just explain what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, the the whole idea of the Internet is that it's this transnational thing that lives beyond governments and kind of lives beyond individual economic actors. I mean, it was it was ceded by the U.S. military, but the U.S. government cut all, you know, stopped its control of it a long time ago. Um, but that's, you know, it's, but at the same time, like, you still need big companies here, Verizon and AT&T and Comcast, to deliver your Internet. And they still have a lot of control. So when a government in a country decides to peel away, they can. And, and Russia has partially peeled away, and the world has par- partially peeled away from it. So it's become much harder for Russians to stay plugged into the outside world, and it's been harder for us to stay plugged into them. Yeah, and it's harder for them than to get a, a true picture, Russians, of the war that is happening. Yeah, it's, it's when they go on strange. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the last week or so, my colleagues and I have spoken to quite a few Russians, and first of all, they're terrified of getting in trouble with their own government because there's this new law that 
you know, sort of criminalizes ordinary news gathering. Um, but they also are saying, you know, every time you turn off, turn off a, you know, a social media or make it harder for us to get on the on the internet, you're just making it, um, a, you're making. Russians more vulnerable to the propaganda that's coming from the government because the government essentially controls all of the television and radio stations and basically all of the newspapers now. And so if they can't get Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, they, they really are cut off from the world in a way that's very hard for us to imagine in this day and age. How close is uh, the Internet in Russia resembling what we see in countries like China and Iran? You know, the Chinese what they call the Great Firewall, um, is, is definitely more sophisticated than what is happening in Russia. The Chinese government essentially controls what Chinese um, users of the Internet can, can see and do online, and they also monitor it very aggressively. So if you start putting up a bunch of stuff at Tiananmen Square, the government will know, and you'll get a knock on your door at a certain point. But Russia is not really to that point yet. And they also, Russia also lacks some of the technological capability of the Chinese. The Chinese really can make their own chips. Uh, they can make their own routers and all that stuff. So they, 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 have, they are capable of being more separate, and they probably are successfully more separate. Russia is, is um, it's more like it's cutting off its own arm in some ways. It's really, it's really pulling away, and there's no, there's, no real, there's no ready replacement. And Russia's also not as big. I mean, China's like 1.3 billion people. They, they make all of their own apps. They don't really need us. Russia kind of needs us, and they are Russians are suffering now. Mm-hmm. And you uh, alluded to this earlier, Craig, but uh, let's revisit. You know, Russia's been weaning itself off of U.S. technology for much longer than just this crisis. Talk about how successful <laughs> they've been. Yeah, I mean, not very, I guess is what I'd say. I, I think that, they, the, the, you know, we don't have perfect visibility, but as I mentioned earlier, it does seem like the military has been able to keep its systems kind of free of, of U.S. gear for exactly this reason. But Vladimir Putin's government for a long time has been has been trying to um, limit, you know, their vulnerability to the kind of pressure that's being exerted on them right now, you know, in anticipation of a moment where the whole world may turn against them. And so they've been working on Russian software. They've, they've been requiring that Russian software be on every iPhone sold in the country, for example, things along those lines. And so you have popular Russian things like Yandex is a very popular Russian search engine. It's popular over the world, but it's particularly popular in Russia, even more so than than Google there. And there's things okay. like that. But in general, you know, there's no Russian-made smartphones that I know about. There's no, you know, they have a they have an alternative operating system one could use instead of Windows, but it's not, it's known as being glitchy and sort of difficult. So, so the, the government has worked hard to sort of spawn this domestic tech industry and pull away from the U.S., but it, it's had very mixed results. They still remain very vulnerable here. What American tech have Russians not been able to fully stop using? I mean, if you speak Russians generally, I'd say almost almost everything. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of American chips um, in Russian in computers that Russians use. Uh, there's a there's a big Russian supercomputer that's one of the very fastest that uses chips from Nvidia, which is you know in Northern California. Uh, there's a bunch of Intel chips and in, over there. Um, there's a ton of Microsoft products. Some of it's pirated, but a lot of it's not, um, and there's a gazillion iPhones um, in Russia. It's, it's been a very popular kind of item with with uh, with sort of the economic elite there. I mean, you know, yeah, they they really have they hit, what they've been able to do successfully is kind of slip some Russian tech into the ecosystem mm-hmm. and to kind of spawn a, a domestic technology issue. But they really have not successfully re- re- 
replace the American-made tech there, or for that matter, the tech made by our allies, like you know Samsung and South Korean. But that's a you know it's a U.S. ally, and so you know it's the same sort of ball game in lots of ways. Well, Craig, let's go back to some of the fears that I started this conversation with. Right, uh, U.S. tech companies could lose significant business due to this situation. Yeah, I mean, not immediately, I don't think. Uh, well, I mean, I guess immediately if you're, <laughs> if you're Apple or Microsoft, you're probably feeling it's immediate enough, right? I mean, you're by, by stopping the sales of those companies' products, I mean, you're immediately taking a hit to your sales and profits. So that, I don't mean to minimize that. But the kinds of issues I was, uh, you know, we've raised in, in the stories I've written are, are that if you, know, if, you, if you really, really cut off, you know, an advanced country like Russia from from chips and software, they will eventually make their own. Now it'll start off being glitchier, it won't be as strong, but give them a few years, and you know, Russians are smart, They'll, they will figure this out. And so there's this, there's this sense that, like, as with a lot of sanctions, that when you use them, you know, they're, they're most effective like the first day, mm-hmm. or the first week, or the first month as they, as they fight, but they gradually, countries learn to come up with their own uh, ways of, of dealing with the thing that, that has been deprived to them. I think famously, like Russians now make a lot of cheese that they used to import from Italy. It's like that. They, they will, it may not be the equal of American tech, but they will find ways eventually way. to make themselves less dependent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just so we're clear, you know, China, for instance, they, they've been able to expand their telecom supplier Huawei in the past few years. Could Russia begin using more Chinese technology then going forward? I, I think they almost certainly will. Um, we are hearing rumblings uh, of that kind of thing. Unless the Chinese government changes its course here and decides that it doesn't want to be party to the invasion of Ukraine, even indirectly, uh, I think I think there's every reason to believe that Chinese tech will become more prominent and prevalent in Russia, mm-hmm. in part to you know avoid this kind of thing in the future. And and China does have. You know, both the technological sophistication and the kind of industrial capacity to make most of the things we make and that most of the things that Russians buy from the U.S. So I think that long-term risk is very, maybe even medium-term risk, is very serious and not hard to imagine, frankly. Well, two questions for you before I let you go, Craig. As the war continues in Ukraine, what are you going to be watching for on these two fronts? First, how the Internet operates in Russia. Yeah, we're really interested in what Russians can can gather um, in terms of news and information about the war in Ukraine. Our, our quick read of it is that the motivated ones who are sophisticated and have Telegram, et cetera, and other forms of social media can seek out the information. But we also think that there's quite a large portion of that country who are older and maybe less technologically sophisticated, maybe less less in cities, that are are really getting nothing from the outside world. So we would really like to understand that a lot better than we, than we do. And I'm also, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more, you know, on, on what the practical consequences are for the government, right? Like a lot of these things clearly are hitting civilians, including civilians who probably don't love Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. I'd, like to, I'd like to know... You know, is the government hurt by this, or is this just is this just you know the civilians' collateral damage, or is yeah. this going to cause some sort of pressure on the government that's real? It's very hard to know with sanctions whether you're actually actually succeeding yeah. in putting pressure on the people you want to put pressure on. And what are you keeping an eye on in terms of what it means for U.S. tech firms? I think it's going to take a lot longer for us to know this. Um, you know, the Chinese I think are close to a decade into their efforts to to develop their own tech. The, 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 the Russians are 
or seven years. I think it could well take five to ten years to really know what the long-term impact of this, you know, horrible moment in our collective history really is for these U.S. tech tech firms. And of course, I don't want to kind of like make it sound like the fate of Apple and Google in any way resembles the, you know, in, in importance the fate of Ukraine. But these are big, important companies, and so it's it's worth keeping an eye on how they're doing. Craig Timberg covers technology for the Washington Post. Craig, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.